Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid sleeping isn't one. Hey friends, I am coming to you live today for the first time from my new office. I do not have any furniture in the office. Um, I have like the old desk that was just in here, but it's still my office and it's very exciting because this is the first episode I've ever recorded and I've done like 50-ish now where I'm not positive somebody will most likely try to interrupt me or I'll hear like some banging and screaming from someone, you know, in my house. Um, I love my children and my husband dearly, but I love them a lot more when I can focus on work when I'm here and then I can love them when I get home. So that's not what we're here to talk about. I'm just letting you know because I'm excited about it. What we're going to talk about today is something I'm a little bit less excited about. The snoo receiving FDA de novo approval as a medical device. Now that is very confusing, which is why I'm going to talk about it because I'm already seeing articles and group comments and DMs with people being super confused and trying to figure out what this means. Has something changed about this new? Short answer, no. So what I'm going to do is first just lay out the facts. I will explain what this new is for the five out of a million people who don't know. I will explain what the approval process was from the FDA and what it means versus what the AAP is saying and then what the implications are for all of us. Now, I will be very clear what is a fact and what is my opinion, because like everything else, I think that's really important. And I think not everything that you read and hear or see is made clear which it is, and opinions are presented as facts. So I'm gonna be really careful not to do that here. So let's talk about the facts first, if you don't know what this new is. It's a $1,700 robotic bassinet where babies are strapped into a machine and the bassinet is controlled by a remote app on your phone and it will shake and move when it senses a baby's moving or crying. The intention of it is effectively to like put a baby to sleep who is crying and needs motion so that the parents don't have to. Okay, so that's, that is what the snoo is and what it is marketed to do. Now, that is a fact. Another fact. The AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is really the governing body that is in charge of determining many things, but most of all, what is safe for parents to use with newborns and infants. Super important organization um, that we all follow closely in my industry. The AAP has been very clear all along that the only safe way for babies to sleep, newborns especially, is to be in a completely bare crib or bassinet on their backs swaddled with a firm mattress under them, not strapped into a machine. Among other things, there's many other things they shouldn't be doing, but they have been very clear that you should not be using any device to support your child's sleep. Okay, so these two things are at odd, right? This SNOO product, which by the way, was developed by a pediatrician who, he technically is a pediatrician, but now he's just a millionaire, um, which is gonna come into play later. That's also a fact. Um, That's obviously at odds with what his governing body is saying. Okay, so that's a fact. Now, another good thing to note is that the AAP adds new things to their list of unsafe sleep items all the time. So this is separate even from the recalls that you may have seen over the last few years. First, the Rock and Play was recalled, then the Mamaru, then the Boppy. My guess is new regulations or restrictions or recalls are going to come out against the Docatot at any point soon. Um, 
they are constantly finding new things to to make sure we're keeping our babies as safe as possible. So along with the guidelines to keep your baby on their back in a completely bare bassinet or crib, um, they also have added new things recently, such as um, a ban on infant hats, like putting little hats on babies after they get home from the hospital, using weighted sleep sacks. Yet another thing I could go on a soapbox about because I am telling parents all the time to stop using them. Um, right? So there's lots of things that the AAP is telling us. We're being very clear to you. We're being very clear to you guys. Stop using stuff. That's literally what they keep saying. They're just adding more things to the list, but the high level is like less stuff to keep your baby safe. So prior to this new FDA situation, the stance I have had, and you guys probably know this, um, along with most of us, uh, you know, most credible authorities in the sleep industry will tell you that at best, best case scenario, this new is extremely expensive and somewhat inaccessible to the majority of people. And it's a machine. Your baby might hate it, first of all. Some babies don't even want to be jostled around. If they love it, you have one more thing to stress about moving them out of. You already have to worry about moving them into their own room at some point, into a crib, out of the swaddle. Those are all necessary steps. Uh, This new is not a necessary step. It's another product that you're using that you will be stressed about getting out of. And I have clients come to me with those issues all the time. But at very worst, what this new is, is first of all, a product that parents use for way too long. I mean, you really shouldn't be using this, even if, if you are at all. From a safety perspective, you should not be using it past the age of three months. I most often have clients coming to me with four to six month olds who are in it. I very rarely have three months old, three month olds, excuse me, moving out of it. I have four, five, and six months old. So at six months, you are twice the age that you really should be in that product. That's a big problem. Um, and babies are not learning to self-soothe. So if you have a six-month-old who's swaddled and strapped into a machine, they've had no opportunity to learn to help themselves out. The weaning becomes increasingly hard. And the biggest problem from my perspective and the biggest red flag in all of this is that it's preventing babies from reaching their developmental milestones. I would say on average, about 30 to 40% of my three to five-month-old clients roll for the first time within a week of starting their plans with me who have been in the snoo. No, that's not even if they've been in the snoo. That's like if they've been swaddled or the parents have been supporting them to sleep. So I would say actually if snoo users, it's probably like 70 or 80%. Um, I realize those stats are confusing. I just confused you. But my point is the vast majority of my clients who have been in a snoo, the second they get out of it, they start hitting developmental milestones. So that's a big red flag to me, right? We're preventing them from self-soothing. We're preventing them from learning to roll. So that's kind of my soapbox on the snoo in general. But at the end of the day, I will also be very clear that this is a personal choice. And if I'm being completely and totally honest, I don't think it's a serious safety issue. I think it is more something that is preventing your child from learning skills that they very much need. Stressing parents out is very expensive. Some babies hate it and you use it for too long. And then it does become a safety issue for using it for too long. So that's kind of where I come from. But at the end of the day, if you have, you know, a newborn who's in the snoo, strapped in safely, you know, it is what it is, right? You go on with your bad self. I'm not saying that if you use the snoo, you're a terrible person at all. That is not what I'm saying at all. Okay, so let's talk now. That That's kind of where we were a week ago. So now with this new, this new thing in place, what does it actually mean? So what happened was Harvey Carpet Happiest Baby organization went to the FDA with a 
secondary goal of the FDA approving this new as a medical device, which will allow insurance companies to potentially be compelled to contribute or cover the cost of this new, right? This is a medical device and you can say, my child absolutely needs this product. And because there aren't many options comparable to it on the market, it's like leading the charge here, right? They're saying, uh, if, the, if my child needs this, you need to cover the cost of it. Now, even with what has happened already, that is not yet the case, right? But that is that is a long-term goal that they have in mind. Now, obviously, if Happiest Baby can market this as a medical device and insurance companies are going to cover some or all of the cost, they're suddenly going to be making a lot more money because a lot more people are going to be buying this new, right? So that's the primary goal that they had, or sorry, that's the secondary goal that they had. But their primary goal most importantly, was they wanted the FDA to say that the SNU prevents or reduces the chance of your baby having SIDS. That is a bold claim to say that a product is going to prevent SIDS. Now, the FDA did not say that when they came out with this the other day, and that is where the confusion lies. The FDA did not say the research you have presented to us shows us that this product prevents or reduces SIDS, which was the goal of happiest baby. And by them going through this process with the FDA, they've actually had to backpedal on some of the marketing they've put out there saying that their product reduces or prevents the risk of SIDS, which it does not. So what exactly did the FDA do? What they did was offer happiest baby something that's a brand new classification from the FDA. It's less than two years old called de novo. And let me be clear that in order to get this de novo designation for a medical device, it takes years, and on average, companies spend around 17 to $18 million. That is what Happiest Baby has poured into this process in the hopes of getting the FDA to say that it prevents SIDS and to get them to say it's a medical device that insurance companies should be able to, to, you know, to cover. Now, Obviously, any company has a goal of making money. I'm not like disparaging them, but like this is a financial thing, right? Spending an insane amount of money by a company and a person who are worth an insane amount of money in order to make more money selling this new. That is really what's going on, which again, this is everyone's prerogative, but let's like keep that in the back of our heads. So what is the de novo approval process? It's very confusing. It took me like an hour and a half this morning to really like understand this and study it and read a ton about it. But basically, if you are a de novo approved device, you're something that is considered like a class one or class two, meaning very minimal potential risk or harm. So like a class one could be like a toothbrush or something, medical device. A class two could be something like um, uh, like a pregnancy test or something meaning that using these products, there's a very minimal chance of like major risk. So you are supposed to, you're supposed to have clinical data backing up your submission, showing that it does not reduce, you know, it does not cause substantial risk to the people who are going to be using it. So the reason this is so important is because if you have a de novo classification, it helps you speed through the approval process once you have like additional clinical data and you can go through and and basically receive like further designation down the road and kind of speeds up your process. So for a company like the SNU, it's a big win for this to happen. Okay, even I don't fully understand this, but I hope that gives you some context. Here's the problem. With this de novo classification, which by the way, with the SNU being approved, it is the very first 
product in a new category that the FDA has now created called infant supine sleep systems, which is basically like products for infants to sleep on their backs. That's like what it means. And it's the only one in the category now, which means understandably there'll be other companies probably trying to race to get into the category with the SNU so that they can get into this whole approval process too. But what the FDA actually said, contrary to what I'm already seeing a very genius marketing plan out there, is they said, we do believe that this device you created keeps infants on their back. We believe that. That is true. We also believe that keeping infants on their backs reduces the risk of SIDS. What we do not believe is that your product, based on the data that you have presented to us, your product specifically reduces the risk of SIDS. It does not. So what we're saying is we are approving that your products, your product keeps babies on their back. It does. We are convinced it's, it keeps them there. And we are convinced that babies who are on their backs have a lower risk of SIDS significantly. Okay, here's the problem. That is incredibly, incredibly confusing. And not only was I unclear of this until I did the research, I was panicked when I saw the headlines initially too. I'm even seeing articles like Fast Company had an article, for instance, when I was doing all this research that is saying this product reduces the risk of SIDS. It's incredibly scary to me because it is taking a product that is doing something that the AAP says not to do. And it is effectively telling people who are not going to do the research I did, obviously, I mean, who does? We have lives to live. That if they buy this $1,700 robotic bassinet, their baby is less likely to die of SIDS. And that is not true. It's just not. That's not what the that's not what this designation is giving, but it's very confusing. So it's really like a brilliant work of art on Happiest Baby's part from a marketing perspective. Now, what scares me about this is not only is it going to be confusing to consumers who may be like rushing to buy this product thinking that it's doing something that no one is actually saying it does except maybe happiest baby but it really undermines the aap and that's what makes me nervous because the aap is now in theory at odds with the fda right the fda is saying this product has this medical designation we believe it helps babies be kept on their backs and because you should be on your back that reduces the risk of sids and so like this product we think is a good idea. And the AP is literally like, no, it's not. So what as a parent are you supposed to do with that information, right? I think that's really confusing. And let's take a step back and remind ourselves. The only thing the FDA actually said emphatically, we believe here, is that if your baby is on their back, you are reducing the risk of SIDS. And you know what you need to do to keep your baby on their back? Put them on their freaking back. You don't need the snoo. You just need to keep them on their back, right? You need to follow all of the AAP guidelines when it comes to safe sleep. So they are on a firm mattress on their back. And if they are under three months old, they are swaddled. There's nothing in their crib. It's completely bare. That's what you need to worry about. You don't need the snoo to achieve those results. So that is what makes me nervous, is thinking about people down the road disregarding AAP guidelines and thinking, if the FDA says this is good, then it should be fine to put them in a swing, which it's not. It should be fine to put them in a weighted sleep sack, which it's not, right? All of those other things. So that is my opinion. That's not a fact. Maybe people won't think that. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But as a professional in this space who spends all of my days talking to families about things like this new, that's what makes me nervous, is that this 
FDA classification is going to confuse people and make them think that the SNU reduces the risk of SIDS, which it doesn't, and that it will undermine the AAP's credibility because they are effectively at odds with what the FDA is now saying in the sense that they're saying this is a medical device that we have approved to use for infants to keep them on their back when the AAP said, please don't, just keep them in a bear crib. So I hope that um, gives you a, I mean, mediocre explanation of what all of this is. I by no means am like an FDA approval expert. It literally took me an hour to figure all of this out, if not more, um, while I was sitting here having lunch because it's all super, super confusing. And I 10 out of 10 do not recommend trying to go through the FDA filing paperwork and trying to figure it out because, wow, that's not fun. I need a drink. And it's only 2.20 p.m. I think I'll have to wait a few hours. So, okay, guys, love you. I hope that was helpful. And we'll be back next week with more fun. Love you guys. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to britneysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at britneysheehansleep.